Hi, I'm Joe Madden, and you are listening to Halfway Around the Halo. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariner racing back to the track. Go! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Halfway Around the Halo, a UK Angels podcast. I'm your host, Nick Wright, at LA Angels UK, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dave Evans, my very special friend. Dave, how are you doing this evening? I know you uh, were not happy last time I didn't call you special, so I'm making a special emphasis on it this time. Oh, I appreciate it. No, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Nick. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. It's been a tough week for me, actually. Tough week in terms of work and Mm. election stuff going on and it's been there uh, i'm sure everyone's been reading the papers and knows just what a shambles it's been but we won't harp on about that because angels baseball is supposed to be a relief from all our everyday life i feel like but i hear you're back on the baseball field i am i am really happy as well so uh i'm back i'm not catching yet hopefully hopefully the uh the skip will put me in this week to catch but i'm um, now i got in a uh, my first ever appearance and left, but most importantly, I managed to spring a bat, make contact, and it didn't hurt. So that's really all I cared about. So, uh, yeah, hit and a walk, a couple of RBIs, decent, solid enough return. They stuck you out in left field, did they? Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, I imagine, um, imagine your range was great out there. It, it wasn't. Well, unfortunately, the only thing I had to do that entire game was drop a catch, which is annoying. But on the flip side, I did get there, just literally dropped the dolly. Thankfully, no damage, though. So uh, we still won the game and we split. So I won the game I played in. So moral victory for myself. To quote all of those sports fans that comment every time the BBC posts anything about uh, baseball, how on earth did you manage to drop it with that big glove of yours? <laughs> the glove was too big. I, I should have worn me other glove. And it's not a catching glove. What can I say? It is what it is. We all make mistakes every now and then. As I say, no damage done and we won. So that's fine. Oh, that's all that matters. And speaking of mistakes, let's talk about the Angels because <laughs> it's been a mistake riddled a season so far. All that optimism we had slowly evaporating, but I'm still going to try and keep the faith because it's still really early in the year. But the last week, again, some good, lots of bad. Let's just recap it quickly before we move on to some other topics. And I can't remember exactly when we last spoke about Angels Baseball because I know we recorded our bonus episode with TBW on Thursday, but I don't think we really got into too much of the detail, did we, of the ongoing Tampa series at the time. So I don't really want to recap that, and neither do you. We obviously got swept at home by the Rays in pretty disastrous fashion. So let's leave that there. I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. What they do want to hear about, though, is a freeway series win. Dave, what did you see from the freeway series to give you a bit of optimism? A bit of optimism? Well, I suppose Griffin Canning's start. Um, he got the win. I did not expect him to get that win um, in that game, especially as URS has been pitching well up until that point, having been having my uh, fantasy league team as well. So it was a bit of sweet there that we beat him. Um it shows that we're capable. 
for me. It shows that we're capable. Game two, I mean, that was a bit of a joke just all around, wasn't it? Being so many runs down so quickly. But we continued again with a little bit of heart, a little bit of fight. And that's been the theme. It hasn't always been the results there, but it's been the theme for the season so far. We know what the bats are capable of, but it also highlights what our pitching is not capable of, and that is prevention of runs. Um, and then Quintana, what what an interesting, strange game that was, because we've managed to win 2-1, and, and fair play to Bauer, he, he done really well, but I wasn't exactly impressed with Quintana in that outing. And, um, and for such a low-scoring game, that one dragged out as well. I don't know how you felt. I mean, I was especially tired on that Sunday anyway. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about Quintana at the moment. Um, the results aren't there, are they, at all for him? That's that's what I've taken away out of this so far. Yeah, but you've got another chance to watch him coming up on Sunday, so exciting times. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the Dodger series was probably my favourite series series of the season so far, in the sense that we showed a bit of everything, didn't we? Mm. We showed, as you said, that great canning start, blowout victory on the. Friday, we then went to the, or was it the Thursday? I can't remember. Friday, I think. Then we oh. went to Saturday and we Very were sure up. Bundy. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what happened with him there. But we obviously went down really early. But it was great to see some heart and fight from the team. Shout out to Anaheim native Jose Rojas for a big first home run for the club as well. And you thought, you know what, we've lost, but we scored 11 runs between the 6th and the 7th. You're down 13 at the time. Fair play to you. I mean, show some heart, get back in the game. Maybe you lose, well, you do lose 14-11, but... And good. plus some of our, bo- our bigger boys actually haven't come out of the game by that oh, Exactly. Well, uh, so, yeah, fair play. Did you like that decision from Madden to take them out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a case of having the white flag out at that stage. I think it is right. I mean... There hasn't been much respite for him. So, you know, when you're that scoreline down, I, I don't have a massive issue with it because you have these moments when a Rojas comes up and comes clutch, you know, you get a couple of hits from elsewhere where you're not maybe expecting, give some other guys some at-bats and a game which is gone, really, isn't it? At that at that stage, mm. game gone. So, John, yeah. John, John Jay got a couple of hits, didn't he? Ligaris got a hit. I think Ward and Rojas and unusual sources, Gosling again. So, yeah, I, I didn't realise that Joe Madden had some French blood in him, but clearly he does with that white flag. <laughs> Shout out. Sorry to uh, to Dylan there. Sorry to my uh, friends over in France, LA Angels, France. But <laughs> had to be had to be said, didn't it? But, yeah, and then the weirdest game of all, as you mentioned there, was that 2-1 victory and fair play to the bullpen holding a lead. Well, finally. Jared Walsh getting us a lead against Bauer. And then somehow the bullpen managing to put together, what was it, six scoreless innings to hold a lead? Unheard of this year for us. Unheard of. But we only gave up four hits all day. So shows it, it was can a, be done. It's, it was just such a strange game. I mean, Quintana only gets through four innings, but at the same time only gives up two hits. Yeah, it, it's five, five, five walks. Yeah, five, five, five walks, six Ks. But it, it, was, it was actually quite a painful game to watch considering it was so low score it was still a what three and a half hour game I think but Quintana 97 pitches 50 strikes that that ratio isn't isn't good enough for me na, 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 na. no more songs for Quintana I'm sorry mate you've lost that absolutely you can't you've got to stick by him 
So the thing is, as, as Taylor Blake Ward said last Thursday, the numbers for Quintana still don't look that bad when you dig deeper. But the eye test for me is still not good. I, I just don't understand what he's bringing to the rotation so far. And I guess the question is now, how long do we continue with this six-man rotation when Shohei, for all intents and purposes, looks like he just wants to play every day? He can pitch in normal rest. He can play the day before. He can play the day after. He doesn't seem to have any sort of consideration for his health. He seems to be back fully healthy, fully ready to go. The guys are like just loves baseball, clearly. The energy mm. he brings to this team, he has to be in there every day. And do you say, look, you've got a very underperforming starter, We've got other starters, which are really inconsistent. You look at Heaney's last start, which we'll get to in a minute. Not good at all. Bundy obviously got blown up against Kershaw. Um, Canning, we know, is up and down. He's got all the stuff in the world, but doesn't put it together so often. Atani, I mean, after his start in Houston, do you just say, look, we're going to go to that five-man rotation and be done with it? I don't know. What do you think? I, I still worry with Atani. So I, I'm happy with him being in a six-man rotation. I'm just not happy with Quintana being a part of that six-man rotation. I feel there needs to be another answer at the moment because the numbers really aren't aren't looking good now. So Quintana started six games now. He's only got through 21 innings in six games, 19 walks, 34 Ks. Okay, Atani has, has a lot of walks, as we know, but we are now trending in the right direction with Atani. He's had a game-less start. And he's, he's walked 20 compared to Quintana's 19, but he's struck out 40. And his whip, Atani's whip is 1.2, Quintana's 2.1. And there's just so much traffic when Quintana's up there. It, it, Quintana's given up double the amount of walks compared to Heaney and Canning and Bundy and Cobb. It's, it's not sustainable, that level of non-control at the moment. And he doesn't go deep enough. He, he's not, what's he giving? He's not giving anything apart from guaranteed work to the bullpen for that night. And that full winning start in that last game was actually his second longest start of the season so far. And that's how bad it's been, you know? So, but in to answer your question, I wouldn't be fully comfortable yet going to a five-man rotation with Otani never taking the day off with his bat, which I get. We need the bat, but... Yeah, I'd rather have his batting, so I'd rather have the six-man rotation personally at the moment. I'm not sure I fully agree with you at the moment, to be honest. I just hate knowing that we got so many guys. But then again, we say this. I mean, I don't want to criticise them too much because actually I saw some stats until recently anyway. Starting pitching for the Angels in May has been really, really good. It was We had like the lowest ERA in the majors in May. So maybe we just have to trust them a bit, give them a longer leash and hope that hope that it turns around because they haven't actually been the problem so far no <laughs> no you're, you're right the bullpen you mentioned taxing the bullpen how many of those guys do you genuinely trust how many of those guys in the bullpen does madden say you know what gives the call come on in come into the game well how many do you trust i i just put my hand up saying four but i don't know if i actually fully trust iglesias or not because mm-hmm. he's been inconsistent. Yeah. So I would trust, personally, when fit, Chris Rodriguez, I would be happy to him to come into any situation. Friend May of the is, Chris Rodriguez, can you use his full title, please? I, I do apologise. Um, come, come on, 
Do friend of the show, <laughs> friend of the show, Chris Rodriguez. Thank you. I would happily trust him with most situ all situations. Uh, Myers, I know he's had a couple of interesting outings, but I still trust him. Yeah. So happy Tony Watson's back. I've yeah. been really yeah. impressed with Tony Watson. Love Tony. Love. And they're the, they're the three. Okay, I would love to say Iglesias. He has been hit and miss. I think I, I trust him sort of, but but that's the four. Sledges came across, and I remember speaking to one of my mates when he came over who's a Tampa fan and asked him about him. And he was supposed to be a lot better than what he's been producing at the moment. I'm not being massively impressed with Aaron Sledges at all, to be honest with you. Sizzcheck, mm, no, you know, not. it's not working. It's not working. I'm really hit and miss with Claudio, Alex Claudio at the moment. I'm not entirely sure. I don't like seeing him in anything really high leverage, but he seems to come in and always give up an inherited runner as well. So, yeah, to be honest with you, three, three and a half, three and a half. Three and a half, interesting. So uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not decided on Glaciers yet. I'd probably go with you, although I like Mike Myers a lot, but after mm. his season so far, he is quite to trust on certain days. It's very interesting, isn't it, how it works like that? And this is the volatility of relievers generally, not just year by year, but <laughs> in season, I guess, game by game. But I have a bit of a bias, right, against, and I said this previously, I'm not sure I've ever said this on the show, and I don't know if you feel like this at all or not, but I really, really dislike funky bullpen arms. I hate it. All those weird slot, you know, arm angles, different slots, like you said, Claudio, Ciszek, I can't stand it. I hate it. I don't know whether it's just... I don't know whether it's just because it looks so like awkward. I don't understand how they throw like that, but I just can't stand it. And I just feel like they have no control, no command. Even if they do, I just feel like they don't have a clue where they're spotting it. So for me, I have an inherent bias against those guys and I just wouldn't trust them. Even if they were throwing like give up one earned run in 15 years pitches, all the cake, I just couldn't trust them. I don't know if I'm alone in this. And if I'm not alone, please tell me uh, when you're listening to this, please uh, send me a message and tell me you agree. But I personally can't stand it. I mean, I, I, I'm not against it as much as you are, clearly by the sound of things. Um, you seem to have a proper issue with it. No, I mean, I'm not too worried about arm slots. Um, sometimes it's interesting for a different look, different angle. So I, I get it. But I think when you're throwing it as poorly... <laughs> as they have been in some certain situations. I mean, don't get me wrong, Claudio's done a couple of decent innings. You know, he hasn't been absolute trash, but th there have been moments where I feel they glowing have possibly done a little. Yeah. Absolutely glowing endorsement. It's just, just a bit better than bad. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just not fully sold on them at this moment in time. But the problem is, uh, what, I mean, what's the answer? I mean, I've, I've liked Sandoval to a point when he's come in to do a bit of long relief work. Um, I worry about every now and then. Suarez, he had a good spot start, but he got smashed still. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is at the moment in the pen. I mean, if you gave me the option of trading at the moment, I'm not trading for starters, I'm trading for the pen because you can't rely on three pen arms. No, you can't. It is a real struggle. You mentioned Suarez there, and the other pen arm you hadn't really mentioned was uh, Junior Guerra. Although, obviously, we got to like Junior Guerra's. We got the exclusive on the show with Joe Madden about the signing. But yep. <laughs> we're moving on to that Houston series then. And that first game was more heartening. Obviously, we went down early. Guerra gave up a couple. Suarez came in. And to be honest, he did pretty well. We gave up five hits, three walks, but only the one earned run. He got himself out of trouble. And 
for a spot starter that is still really, really young and has never really shown that he has the command for Major League pitching at the moment. I think he did pretty well to go four innings. And then, obviously, we had, again, that comeback in the sixth, which I did not see coming, I've got to be honest. Watching through five, we were down 4-1, weren't we? I did not see us coming back in that game. I thought that was going to win 5-6-1 Astros and be done with it. Yeah. But we came back. What did you see? And, of course, that guy again, big Jared Walsh, absolute stud. Justin Upton going back to back, always nice to see. But what did you see from that game that heartened you? And then we'll go on to the rest of the series, which definitely didn't. Didn't hearten us. Um, it heartened me about Jared Walsh smashing still. Um, and, th- and that was the biggest piece that I was taking out of that because um, obviously there's going to be a conversation coming up very shortly <laughs> in regards to the first base position. Mm-hmm. Um but Jared Walsh, yeah, Jared Walsh, uh, Upton still coming through as well, cut the key hits. You know, so it heartened me that on that game in particular, you know, again, Watson, Mayers, Iglesias combination got us through it as well against a good Astros lineup who have sort of dominated us so far when it comes, it comes to it. So it just shows that there is some promise there, but it's just so inconsistent. Yeah, you, you mentioned Walsh there. Obviously, he went for four for four on the day, didn't he? Home run, double, two singles. Unbelievable effort from him. He's batting this year. I think he's batting something like 328, seven homers, leading the team with RBIs, 29, a couple of stolen bases, OPS 966. Absolute superstar in the making. Like We've got three guys in the top 10 for hitting, and it shows how the rest of the team has been letting them down. Speaking of letting down, so final two games of the series, we lost, obviously. Mm. We ruined an absolute gem from Shohei Atani. The best, maybe other than one Oakland game, where he was carrying the no-hitter for quite a while. The best I think I've ever seen Atani pitch. Best I've ever seen his command. He went seven, only gave up four hits, and the best bit all, wasn't it? One walk, one walk all day, 10 Ks. That's what we want to see from Shohei. That's where he has elite stuff on the mound. That's why I said, if he, okay, maybe it is a bit too soon for five-man rotation. If he can do that another once, twice, three times, then you've got to be looking at getting him out there every fifth day because he's the best pitcher we have. He's also the second best hitter we have. He also looks like one of the healthiest pitchers that we have, which is quite ironic at the moment. Yeah, considering what was that, how he's... I can't believe you've said that. I, I can't believe you've said that. I know. Sorry. sorry. This, but I think it's too late. You've everything <laughs> done. Well, then you've got someone to blame. So I, I, I will be that guy if we need to blame someone. But no, absolutely stunning sort of outing for Atani. It was a real shame how it ended up for him. Um, but that one, just one walk was such a promising sign. From where we've started, he's just he's continuously got better and got better and got better to the point where it's one walk, 10 Ks, seven innings. It, he's already given you more innings than you expect him to go. It was actually pretty efficient. He came out on 88 pitches as well, didn't he? Yeah, everyone um, wanted to see him go out for the eighth. And I think that's what you were about to ask me. Uh, what did you think? Yeah. So before we get up, to recap, obviously, we get into the eighth. My my guy, shout out, Taylor Ward, goes and hits a ding. I should have been in right field a lot longer than he has been this year. But he ties the game up and we think, new ball game, here we go. Just you got two innings bullpen, lock it down. You said Madden decides to take Atani out after seven, after 88 pitches. With hindsight, it is so easy to say it was yeah. the wrong decision, keep him in 
in reality, some of the stuff you've said earlier in the show, and I know I've slightly disagreed with you, but honestly, it probably is the right thing to do. He's still on the pitch limit, 90 pitches of quality ball. Leave it there. If your pen can't lock down two innings, yeah. then you have bigger problems than taking out your starting pitcher. And I think Madden probably got that right. I know he got a lot of criticism for it. Obviously, the reality was Sledges came in, gave up two earned runs. Claudio came in, gave up another couple of earned runs. What I would say is, though, and I know why he did it. He brought Claudio in to get Brantley, didn't he? He wanted that left on left. Mm. I would have just kept Sledges in the game, right? I just kept him in the game. I know he had man on first, man on second, didn't he? But he had one out. I'd have just kept him in there, ride or die with him. I, honestly, I didn't see the need to try and bring in another arm, particularly because all of our best pen arms that day were unavailable because they'd all pitched the last few days. Like Myers wasn't available. Uh, Watson wasn't available. I don't think Iglesias was available. Don't try and burn out these other pen arms that haven't had the same success this year. So I think that actually was the bigger issue for me. It wasn't taking out Atani. It was just not leaving Sleggers in there to try and get out of his own jam. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose the damage had already been done by that point, hadn't it, really? I mean, it's just one of those things. It's at the time, you can see the argument for, you can see the argument against, and now it's really easy to say and continue the argument. So, you know, it's, it's a difficult one. Um Unfortunately for us, we went up against Lance McCullers, who actually pitched an absolute gem for himself as he well. Did. So, Very you know, he's, he's, he's an annoying character to have to be up against, and I'm just glad I drafted him. Yeah, no, very good pitcher. Very handsome man, great hair. He's got it all. He's very fortunate. Uh, absolute locks. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. No, and then finally, then, the game of the series, which I am annoyed about. I don't think anyone can't be annoyed about. Nobody wants to see their team throwing a game do they but that's exactly what we did whatever whatever you think or say you're sitting Mike Trout you're sitting David Fletcher Rendon's already out you're sitting Justin Upton Arnie Stassi's out you got five regular like that lineup that day you had Atani in there leading off you had Iglesias bang second Jared Walsh obviously absolute superstar at third but that's it then you look down the lineup you got Ward batting in cleanup Rojas at five, Gossin at six, Jay in left field, Butera. What is that line? Oh, Ligares, sorry, in centre field. Like, you're just throwing the game from the start. I felt sorry for Heaney. I know Heaney actually didn't have his best stuff either. Gave up five earned runs to me on five innings and five strikeouts. But no, not for me. Not for me. No, no. And But are you surprised? I mean, if I'm Andrew Heaney, can up onto that mound, you know, I didn't have the greatest of outings previously and I'm thinking, right, time to bounce back. And in all fairness, my four, five and six hitter, only one of them's actually hitting 200. The rest of them are below 200. So you're thinking, what run support am I going to get? I'm not saying that he, he didn't try because, you know, he's a professional and stuff like that. But, you know, it's... I'm just not surprised it was one. He's inconsistent at the best of times when he's got all the boys behind him, let alone when, well, Oli Gunner, Madden out there, you know, just um, frying the team. It, it was terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Um, and so I'm, not sure, he, I'm not sure many of our listeners are going to get that reference, but no, I, I apologize if that one's over. Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who arrested some key players in the week for one of their games because they had a game against Liverpool last night, which they then went on to lose. So as we, 
exactly quality management so no I, I felt i felt bad for heaney there but um you know he's got to do better the long ball came back to haunt him as usual but got hit but you know when when you've got it's such a terrible lineup in that regards unfortunately for heaney and it was it was a real sad way to finish that series off because that could have been something we could have taken i mean Precisely. Key- you win you win you've, you've just beaten the dodgers in the freeway series hashtag scum up the freeway you then go to the Astros, who are undoubtedly going to be one of our well, they're sort of getting away from us already, but one of our rivals for what we want to do this year. Mm. And you go and throw the series. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. And I appreciate these players that be playing every day. They need off days. Fletch in particular needs an off day. Trouty, you've got to keep him healthy. But they have a day off the next day. Did you really need to sit all of them? I don't think I, so. Weird. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Which leads me to the next question. And again, friend of the show, so going to put that disclaimer out there. But how do you think Joe Madden has done this year as manager? How would you rate him out of 10 in terms of his decision making? Well, the problem is you look at the records. How much on the records do you put on Madden? I think there have been some interesting... I don't know. How much do you put on Madden? That's the question. yeah, I know. I mean, obviously, he has to take some responsibility at the end of the day. He, he puts the lineup card together and he makes the bullpen decisions. Um, I don't think, you know, I can't think of any particular ones off the top of my head, but some questions could be asked. Oh, no, we had a question about Chris Rodriguez not going back out, but then obviously it transpired about um, a little bit of shoulder injury. Could Otani have stuck around for another inning? Out, out of 10, I mean, Unfortunately, at the moment, we're not playing good baseball either. So you, I'm around the sixes or sevens. And I love Madden. Don't want him to go. I'm not saying he's he's not the man. I think he is the man. I think we've had some bad luck and just some horrible injuries so far. But no, nothing too, you know, there's not long injuries, but they're just niggly injuries now, which are just biting away at the team. Rendon, Stassi, you know, Stassi's not been back. He's a, he's a big player for us. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go around the six at the moment. Six. I see. I think for some people, six would still feel very high. Yeah. And probably. I think it is, it is a really tricky one because, as you say, it is quite hard to pinpoint exactly where a manager wins you games, where a manager loses you games because ultimately they don't have the control of players on the field, but they do control who is in there and mm. not what they're doing. I think six is probably fair-ish, maybe on the high end, I'd probably say five. I'd probably try and stay fairly neutral on this one. I think there's clearly been some issues with the pen. Uh, There's been a few issues earlier in the season with starters, whether that's keeping them in or pulling them too early. Um, The pen has let him down. He's maybe chosen the wrong pen arms, taking people out where they shouldn't have been. But a lot of it has come down to injuries as well. As you've mentioned, we've had faced a lot of adversity, as we seem to do every year, although I know injuries are up across the majors generally. But we've lost some key pieces for significant periods of time and it absolutely doesn't help us get into any rhythm. You've got someone like David Fletcher who continues to hit a leadoff and he's just not doing what you need him to do at leadoff. He's not getting on base enough, uh, not taking any walks, only hitting 260-odd. It's not good enough. Um, I'm sure he knows that. Do we have another person in the organisation right now in the starting lineup that you'd want to see at leadoff? I don't know. That's for him to decide. But at some point, I think you need to make a change there because Fletch currently is not doing the business. 
and he is very usually very good. And I think he still has this year been good with runs in scoring positions. So maybe you put him in the nine hole, maybe you try and get him at the bottom of the order, get on base potentially for when the order comes back around, but also drive in some people uh, if our lower order has got on base. These are just questions you have to ask. But I think I'd probably give Madden like a five or a six. Man, five right now. You're going with a six. Um, but I think things will improve soon. We got two more really tough series, which you can talk about later. But Boston, who are very, very good so far this year, although I was on a Boston podcast yesterday and they effectively said they've played all the uh, rubbish teams. Although I'm not sure I quite believe that because winning just breeds confidence and winning breeds winning and momentum. And then we have Cleveland, who, speaking of momentum, are on absolute fire at the moment. They're 21 and 14 and mm-hmm. going really well. So it doesn't get any easier for us. But the big news, the big news this week, and people have all had their own opinions on it. And again, I know I'm going to be talking for quite a while now, is Albert Pujols getting designated for assignment and clearing waivers yesterday. And I just Shock. want to, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for me, Dave... I've changed my mind on this a little bit since I first heard the news and bits and pieces have come out. Initially, I thought, you know what? I don't like to see a Hall of Fame, surefire, first ballot, potentially unanimous guy getting designated for assignment. I don't think it looks right. I don't think it's great for the game of baseball. I feel like baseball generally treats its legends pretty well and it didn't seem like the right move at the time and I just wanted him to get the respects he deserved for the career he had. However, I have changed my mind a bit now. And I even then, though, even then, I did fully accept that other Angels fans just did not feel this way and were absolutely delighted. And I don't think there was a right or wrong answer. I think both of us can be right. And I get it because Albert's Angels career has been a real disappointment. We've paid $240 million for a guy that couldn't even crack double digits in war. He's been leader in ground in double plays. He's cost us so many games by not fulfilling that role in the lineup behind Trout that he was supposed to do. He has obviously taken up a hefty chunk of the payroll. It's led to more bad decisions chasing players we perhaps shouldn't have been chasing we haven't got the pitch we needed all these issues you know ultimately we know he's been a major disappointment on the field and a real black hole in the lineup for years and years and years and people say don't they people say that he should have been given the respect to go out on his own terms he should have been given the year he should have been able to do this and that he wants to play he made it quite clear thankfully we now finally have a gm that is willing to say look albert you're not good enough anymore. You're going to be a bench player. We've got Jared Walsh, who's hitting on fire. He's better than you in the field. He's better hitter than you. He has to play every day. We also have that phenomenon, which is Shohei Atani, who has to be in the lineup at every opportunity at DH. So there aren't options there. I mean, Walsh has to play at first. Shohei has to DH. You're not going to play Albert, which I think is fair enough. But Albert wasn't going to accept that. And he said, I want to play every day. I want to, I'm not accepting being a bench player. He was putting himself before the team and that's not what you expected from him. Everything you hear about him being a great guy off the field, great teammate, whatever. To me, that just seems egotistical. It's all about him, all about chasing records. I don't know what he's actually currently chasing or where he thinks he's going to get to because he's getting nowhere near 700 home runs, Mm -hmm. which is the only thing I can possibly think of him 
actually chasing at this point. But that ego doesn't sit right with me. And I think the organization has done exactly the right thing at this point. Looking like we can, um, looking like we can prioritize those guys that are the future of the franchise. So, you know what? I'm pretty glad. And if Albert wanted to go out on his own terms, retire. Retire last summer, retire before, the, well, during the COVID pandemic. You get all the adulation, all the praise, all the media attention, you know, everybody writing about what a sensational baseball career he had at the Cardinals. <laughs> and then 10 yeah. more years with the Angels after that. But that's what you do. Leave a bit of money on the table or do a new, you know, restructure your deal with the Angels so they pay you incrementally over a period of time. You get your money, but not all up front, not this lump. But he didn't want to do it. So I know I've gone on a bit. Uh, I've ranted a bit, but I have changed my mind a bit. And do you know what? I think the organisation has got this absolutely spot on and I will defend them for that. I hate agreeing with you because it makes a boring podcast. But Perry has shown some stones there. Um, once, and as you say, once the sort of reason started coming out as to why it happened, why he got DFA'd, it's the right thing to do. And actually, from the Angels organisation, they're going to, they knew he'll clear waivers. Everyone knows, you know, no one's claiming him and we can go and pay a, a minor amount of money for him for the rest of the year, even if you're going to give him a little token sort of um, respite. You know, we, we knew that was going to happen. So you're taking the hit straight away. So actually, fair play to Artie, fair play to Perry and, 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 you know, that front office for doing what they needed to do because he could have just sat there and done nothing. But that could then breed discontent within, within the clubhouse if he wasn't going to start playing ball. And that sort of ego side of him did sort of surprise me because you didn't ever really think of that, of Albert. You thought, yeah, he's a competitor and that's what we loved about him. But he sort of accepted where his role was headed. Didn't realise he felt like that by the end of it. So, yeah, once those bits started coming out about how he felt that he had to be a, a permanent player and a starter, I'm sorry, but there's only one decision left to make with in your walk year or your contract as well. Um absolutely I love, I love, you mentioned it you mentioned it there and that's the bit that struck me about his role in his head like i can't get my own head around the fact he came into the year thinking he was an everyday player how delusional do you have to be to at 42 years old or whatever he actually is <laughs> to think yeah, that and like you yeah exactly and your performance over the last couple of years to think you can come into this year and be an everyday player. It, to me, it blows my mind. Like, that is delusion. Yeah, no, it, it was a surprise to see that. So, I, had, I mean, we, we all know the stats, but I, we don't need to say he's been basically average for the Angels at best throughout. But one stat I did see, which was quite interesting, was his, just his intentional walk numbers. When he was in, with the Cardinals, he got intentionally walked 251 times in his time mm -hmm. with the Cardinals. What do you think it was with the Angels? Did you look? I haven't looked. I'm going to go with five okay, a little bit more than that 62 <laughs> yeah, that 62 I, that just shows the drop-off I mean he didn't have the fastest of starts to his Angels career and he got blighted by injuries he, he never seemed to have a fit off season and all sorts and he's only had a couple of those you know the, 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 we've got to remember we've had some good memories he's hit some milestones with us but he, he's been an average player for us at best and the most important thing that he's brought to the organisation is that he's mentored this bloke in centre field who's turned into the best player. So yeah. we've got a little bit of thanks towards him for that. Oh, do we though, really? 
Well, he's got to have given some good advice. He, he must have. I'm sure he's you know what Mike Trout is like. Mike Trout is just an exceptional, yeah, generational talent. He would have been good whether Albert was there or whether he wasn't. So whilst you're right, I mean, it's good to keep Mike happy, although that didn't stop us in the past getting rid of Garrett Richards, getting rid of Cole Calhoun and some of his mates. I don't buy too much into that mentoring stuff, to be honest. But anyway, he's gone now. The era is over. A new era of Angels baseball with Jared Walsh leading us to the promised land, carrying this team on his back with all of his ribbies. That's the man. Jared is... What the- a guy. Give him a, give him a 10-year contract now. <laughs> Two, 240 million, I've heard, get it, gets it done. Although with inflation, it probably doesn't these days. What's, yeah, what's no, Freddie, what's Freddie, what do you reckon Freddie Freeman wants this year? He's a free agent coming up to a similar sort of age to Albert when he got his. Yeah. That's the guy. 10 years, 240 million. Come on. Anaheim native, Anaheim fan. No, I'm not actually seriously suggesting this. We need to avoid aging big money contracts. We cannot afford to keep doing it. It'll be interesting to see what the dynamics like this year, actually. Is it because the new collective bargaining agreement starting off this year as well? So it will be interesting to see what happens, obviously, along with finances as well from the out, coming out of the pandemic and bits and pieces like that. So it's actually quite a hard question to answer at the moment to see what baseball contracts going to look like going forward. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and we don't even know if we'll have baseball next year. There could be a strike looming, I fear. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows indeed? But we got. As I mentioned earlier, we've got some more tough series coming up. Let's just do Boston and Cleveland. So we've got three on the road. Best bit about this series is two very UK-friendly ones. Well, actually, to be honest, for me, I count all three of them. We've got a 12 p.m. start tonight, 9 p.m. start on Saturday, and a 6 p.m. start on Sunday. It doesn't get much better than that, actually. Is it, is it 12 p.m. tonight? I missed that. Yeah, 12 p.m. tonight. To be awesome. honest, 6 p.m. is a bit early, but that's by the by. But Boston have been very, very good this year. I think their record's 23 and 16. We got yeah. Nick Pavetta tonight against Canning, who's 5 and 0 currently with a 319 ERA. I don't know if Rendon's back today or tomorrow, um, but he obviously will make a big difference. Although last time he came back, it took him a few days to get into the swing of things and then mm. he swung one off his knee. So, but what do you think? This series coming up. So we have Canning Pavetta. You've got Bundy against. Perez, who is not very good. And then we have on Sunday, I think it's Quintana against Ivaldi. Mm. So when you look at the pitching matchups, you think we have a chance because Boston's starting pitching is almost as bad as ours. Well, not quite, but it's not great. They obviously rely on their big middle order. And you've got Verdugo, JD Martinez, uh, Bogarts, Devers, and even uh, Vasquez at catcher. It's going to be a, a hitter's battle, isn't it? It's going to be runs this weekend. What do you think? I mean, we've not got the greatest of records, I don't think, over at Boston, have we? So, um, Well, no, I was talking to Johnny of uh, UK Red Sox fans last night about this, about the playoff series. Was it 2004, 2007? Uh, Boston, Boston beat us in both and they swept us, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, Canning's had a good start to May. So let's see if he can start to keep the consistency and keep... You know the improvements going. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a tough gig on the first night because um, what's Pavetta's is five and zero, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, Crazy, exactly. you know. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to back Bundy. I can't believe the guy's zero and four. 
cannot believe he's 0-4. Uh, my, my Cy Young, my Cy Young uh, bet is probably not looking good at this point. It's not looking great right there. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I think Quintana, I mean... Quintana. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we take one, to be honest with you, unless the bats turn up. But, you know, what bullpen... We're back to last year. What bullpen's turning up mm. as well? Are we going to have the guys who are locking it down for just over three innings? Or are we going to have the guys who lose us the game within point one of an inning? You know, and it's blown up. So, um, yeah, it, it, I know it's maybe a bit earlier for prediction, but yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1 with Boston for this prediction, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm going to go with Bundy getting it. He's got ERA over five as well, not just the four losses, ERA over five. I know, he's got to turn a corner at some point. It's just another manic Bundy. Oh, <laughs> today's, today's song. I don't know. Terrible. I'm going... For the Angels to win three games out of three against Red Sox, season is, season is turning around right here. Rendon Absolutely love it. Up. Right, um, somebody else is back this weekend as well, aren't they? Is Stassi back this weekend? I hope so. We've missed him. I think we've missed him. I'm not sure it is Stassi, but anyway, Rendon's back's huge. You know, I think we're going to win them all three. I think we're going to go into Fenway and we're going to hit a lot of them over the monster. And Angel's going to win. However, we're then going to go back home against Cleveland and we're then going to lose all three. So we're going to, I'm going to go with a three and three split for this series, winning all three in Boston and then taking three steps back and get swept by the Indians. Well, I think, I think the Indians will be an interesting one. I think, isn't Atani due to go against the Indians? Yeah, he has to. Yeah, it'll be, it'll so, be a tiny Heaney and Cobb. If he's back, if Cobb's back, yeah, Cobb said he wants to be back this weekend at some point. So yeah, um, I mean, I th I think we've got a chance of taking two or three of Cleveland, but um, it depends what Heaney turns up. I, I think Atani might give us another good outing, but whether we give him any run support, I, I think we've got a chance to take two or three because I don't know. I, I just I know Cleveland are hot, but. With Rendon back, he would have had a few games back by then. Maybe maybe it will just start clicking. I don't know. I've just got to try and stay positive because I'm not massively positive away at Boston. So I've got to try and be positive somewhere. I was last time against the Dodgers. I called two against the Dodgers, I think it was. Did I call a two or did I call a sweep? I can't remember. No, you definitely didn't call a sweep. Yeah, so I called two, I think, against the Dodgers. So, you know, we've got the, the bats can pull us through. It's just what sort of starts are we going to get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll find out, won't we? It is hard to stay optimistic at this point. I don't know if you saw, there's quite a lot of beef on Angel's Twitter this week between those that do stay optimistic and those are just absolutely fed up with the direction the team is going on once again this year. Nothing yeah. seems to change, does it? And again, I can take both points of view. I always try to stay on the optimistic, positive side of things, but I totally understand people that want to vent their frustration that's what social media is for ultimately because the team is underperforming once again. Whatever way we look at it, I think defence is the big one to just show that underperforming nature of the team. I mean, committing so many errors, this is supposed to be a, a good defensive team and they're just not living up to it. You get it's, errors on a daily basis. Isn't it the highest amount? Haven't we got the most errors in the league? We did last time I looked. I don't know if it's changed at all recently, but... Yeah, it's, it's at that that respect, it's not good enough. Um, and considering so much was made of 
you know, run prevention, defence, everything. That was from Perry, that was from Joe, that was from everybody. And that, the, the team, the boys just haven't delivered in that respect. Um, you know, kicking the ball around in the Tampa series at one point, weren't they? In, in the first in the first inning of one of the games, can't remember which one it was. But um, it, it needs to get tighter in that respect, for sure. Yeah, no, it does. And fingers crossed it starts this weekend. Starts this weekend. So let's wait and see. Let's hope for the best and hope the Angels turn this around and start winning some games. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Speaking of winning games, are you ready to give me a UK Angels Fantasy League update after a, a big, big win for the LA Angels UK this week? There was a big win for the LA Angels UK. You know, you, you, you dispatched Geordie's Angels and poor old Geordie's Angels is now 0-5. So I hope you're happy with that. Uh, Jordy's still looking for his first happy. win. I yeah. hope you're happy now. So, breaking news though for week five results. We had two two teams coming into the week who were undefeated. Only one team remains undefeated. So, ooh. Ooh. so we we so we had Leeds Halos and Team Glaus. Which Maybe one? Be your halo. <laughs> which team lost their undefeated streak I think it was the Halos wasn't it it was Leeds Halos a- Adrian Boyd of Team Boyd you know dispatched Leeds Halos 357 to 238 points quite a big quite wow. a big win yeah uh, you can go back to the, the Tuesday games um, where Team Boyd won that 129 to 51 so a, and a good solid 80 points coming from the pitching staff on that day so but other results around the league Don Richards um, Nottingham City Won 216 to two to 175 against Team Hawkins, so Dom goes to three and two. The South Coast Dingers beat Los Ingos 225 to 216, so Los Ingos continued to have a zero and five record. Um, where else have we got uh, Laura Gibbons with her Leeds Lions, uh, 341 uh, beating Bedell Big A, who were the high scorers of the league up until this week started at 275 points. Um, yourself, you beat uh, Geordie's Angels, as I said, 345 to 224. Those French beat me. Damn you, French. They they came and took the lead. I think I was ahead around the Wednesday, Thursday mark, and then he continued. I think there was a day I had no pitching at all, and they <laughs> capitalised. So they went 299, beating my Essex Spiders to 225. And then the final one of the week was Coat of Gloss, Klaus. I keep oh, doing that. I know. Again. I did two he's weeks. I was fine. He's done it again. Ding, ding, two, ding, ding. <laughs> two weeks. I was fine. So a couple of glass. Get the paintbrushes out. Get the paintbrushes <laughs> out. So they beat Team Purcell, two hundred seventy-four to two hundred and three. So um, but more breaking news. As of today, Ooh. we're recording on the Friday. So with a couple of matches still left for the week. Coat of Glass is currently losing 218 to 126 to the French boys. Wow. Will the final undefeated record finish the end of this week? Let's wait and see. And also, we got the battle with the winless this week. So far, we've got Los Ingos and Geordie's Angels squaring off. So Geordie is currently up 175 to 113. So let, let's see what happens. Um, other matchup so far this week is Nottingham City versus Team Boyd, Team Hawkins against Leeds Lions, Bedell Begay against Team Purcell, yourself against Leeds Halos, and my Six Spiders are up against the South Coast Dingers. Three games left to play. Interesting. Yeah, I've got a big one against the Halos currently up in that. And this is just, by the way, my song of the week after a sensational victory and current performance. 
<laughs> Shout out to Dylan there. Well done for a fantastic victory against Dave. Dave, I think you've got some uh, family commitments coming up. I know you have an early dinner time. We're nearly at 5.45, so we don't want to uh, stop you from eating. I know you get a bit hangry. That is well, it's yeah, I do get a bit hangry, but it's also the four-year-old. Will is being contained at the moment in the other room by his grandparents. So uh, let's see how much longer that lasts. I wouldn't say very long. <laughs> I reckon we leave it there then. So as ever, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Really appreciate your support. Please do go and like and subscribe us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and just continue supporting the show. You will have noticed, actually, I should have brought this up earlier, we have brought out some merchandise, both for the LA Angels UK account, but also for Halfway Around the Halo. If you fancy rocking a rocking a podcast T-shirt or an Angels UK T-shirt, go on the site, order them, have some fun with that and we want to see you in it we'll also be doing a little competition for a giveaway for a t-shirt coming very soon thanks dave for joining me always a pleasure speaking angels baseball with you thanks for nodding at me there and cheers to all you listeners go halos <laughs>